And welcome back to the Truth Hurts, where we expose corrupt politicians and lying corporate media. I'm Jake Duesenberg. We're broadcasting live from the Belly of the Beast in Roseville, Minnesota. Joining me today, health freedom champion Mark Bischofsky. How you doing there, buddy? Doing great. It's always a pleasure to be on your show, Jake. It's always a pleasure to have you. Also, former state representative Eric Mortensen. Already getting the Kicking weekend started. Kicking off the weekend yeah. right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Glad to be here. Well, that's why you like the Thursday show, because you can like basically say that's the end of the work week. And Oh, well, I'm taking tomorrow off, going to the cabin. Right. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and that's way up north, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. No cell know, service. I don't know if I should it's tell perfect. people where it's at, but it's really well, cool. I'm not going to. Well, people could probably figure it out. Camp ride out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Running the dials as usual, Mr. Deep State himself, Dawson, who a lot of people got to see at the State Fair yesterday. How are you doing there, Dawson? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm exhausted because moving season, but besides that. Just think about how much lifting you're getting, how much massive oh, your arms are. That's all I've been thinking about, and the cardio with it. And walking up flights of stairs over and over. It's lovely. You got some compliment on your arms yesterday. Did by I? The way. Yeah. Was that what that lady was talking about? Yeah. She yeah. had bigger biceps than I do, though. Uh, maybe we're talking about a different lady. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> there was one that told me to flex, and she was like, do this. And her, I was, like, amazed at her biceps. Oh, I was like, Whoa, yeah, that's what? somebody you know more. I can't think of their name right now. But, one of the uh, nurses? No, not nurses. Oh, oh yeah. I know who you're thinking of. Uh, yeah, you know exactly what I'm thinking she, of. She she's pipes. super ripped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder what she's up to now. She's back in Minnesota. I know that. I think Probably she's maybe doing traveling nursing still. Lifting okay. weights. Well, joining uh, – so Bridget, I don't know. Bridget's not in here today. So uh, Jesse is getting shirts ready because we ran out of shirts. So, Meg and Jesse, <laughs> I wanted you just to do two minutes on the show, tell people how things are going at the State Fair. Oh, yeah, things are going great at the State Fair. We've been selling a lot of shirts. That's why we had to get some more. We just got another order of the dump Biden shirts. And, uh, yeah, a lot of positive reactions. And uh, Trump winning the straw poll so far at the uh, State Fair by wide margins. As I expected, but uh, are you like biasing it? Are you telling people, hey, uh, you, you can get kernels of corn if you put it in there? Right? No, I, I don't bias it at all. I think that's just where the people are at, and a lot of young people too. The more you know, most of the young people that come up, I notice they're all for Trump. So uh, a lot, a lot of cool stuff is happening. But uh, yeah, no, having a lot of good reactions. Of course, there's crazies too. Crazy liberals had a rainbow-haired chick uh, spit on me yesterday. But that doesn't deter me. That doesn't stop me. I'm going to keep on fighting. Hold on. The story was it was a hot chick. Now it seems like. Oh, maybe, to... maybe to Dawson. I mean, not to me. <laughs> that is what he said. He yeah. did. Yeah, he says a hot chick. Well, maybe to me. But uh, <laughs> rainbow haired. Okay, look. She was in fishnets. It's like. That's all it takes uh, for I... you? <laughs> yeah, I thought she was disgusting. Well, she spat on you. That's yeah, like... I mean, regardless of that, I, I would have never been attracted to her, you know. But different strokes for different folks. I got lower <laughs> standards, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, by the way. Different standards. By the <laughs> way, we're not selling shirts. The shirts are kind of an afterthought, like if people donate. Because, like, people yeah. come up to our booth and want to donate. And we just didn't expect the kind of people, like, the mount. So mm -hmm. we actually ran short on shirts. And, uh, yeah, we got some more that just came in. So yep. there you go. We'll have larges and extra larges back at the booth today. Yep um you're there all afternoon right that's right yep Good. so if you guys are at the state fair stop by and say hi and uh yeah thanks to all the people in the comments that also helped and volunteered with us yeah tucker I, tucker was out there by the way oh, yeah. t-wall and k-wall were at the booth today yeah good to Isn't hear that, that. Mm -hmm. so awesome well thanks for the update um we got to talk about this before we bring on our guest aaron siri who's a lawyer who's had a pretty good record against suing the government the best and pfizer moderna exposing these corrupt individuals but 
you know, more. I think we talked about this briefly on your last appearance on Thursday. It's like this talk about COVID 2.0, right? And yep. I'm still here going, is this really going to happen? Are they Epoch really going to do this? just had an article out where they, CDC said, no, it's all nothing. That, well, that If they said so, I guess. Right, that's the case. right, right, I mean, right. Why would they lie again? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I, mean, I like one of the shows I still like on Fox is um, The Five. Yeah, and they've got that one gal, uh, Jessica. She's like typically one of the only liberals on the show, and they talked about all these like the second COVID games, um, that's and mask one. mandates like and vaccine mandates, and and this is about a week ago. This Jessica gal's like nobody's talking about this. Just one tiny college in Atlanta, otherwise nobody's doing it. And over these last ten days, I just see the momentum building and building towards it. I just talked to a woman today who said her pastor on Sunday told her it's coming there's gonna be mask mandates there's gonna be vaccine mandates there's gonna be shutdowns and uh they plan on her pastor said they're pushing back against the catholic church saying no we're not going to comply so it's good to see that because that's where a lot of this should be happening is in people's churches pull up the article we wrote yesterday dawson on actionforliberty.com you guys can check it out actionforliberty.com if you want to join the conversation i'll try to get to many of your comments certainly uh since bridget's not here if you throw a rumble rant on, I will see that much easier because it's like nice and orange. So just there's my uh, humble appeal to you. Um, so this is from this is what we were noticing in the media. Now, honestly, you guys, I know the question, the answer to this question. You're not watching like CNN. You're not watching the corporate media these days. I'm not either. But Bridget, she works at an assisted care facility and it's on in a lot of the rooms. So she happens to see CNN, right? Because otherwise, Bridget's not watching CNN, right? Yeah. And she's telling me, Jake, it's all about Trump's indictments and COVID. So we looked it up. Yeah, and no doubt. Like, here's a headline on, on uh, CNN. COVID cases rising as new vaccines almost ready. They tell us there are over 12,000 hospitalizations nationwide, which is a 22% increase in the last couple of weeks. Now Joe Biden is making a pitch to Congress to spend more money to fight the spread. You remember in Minnesota? Uh, the second lockdowns what it it started with oh we're noticing more spread more of a spread and they're like it's the uh, funerals and the and the um, weddings right and then all of a sudden they're like no one in a bar after 10 wait no no they started with no dart throwing people think this is made up at this point they literally tim walls had an executive order said you can't throw darts or other games do you remember this no I, they how do you shut, not remember this well they shut it down for doing the second lockdown no they, they but they incrementally did just like what's going on right now like oh, it wasn't just I a see. quick sh shutdown it was like the numbers are increasing and so literally i'm not a crazy person here google uh governor wall's darts do this can you do that on fly yeah Plus. i vaguely remember that yeah people forget this and things like that and different yeah, 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 yeah. But it was literally dart throwing because the rationale is you're going to bunch up in a bar. And so, and by the way, no science behind any of this stuff. And then he just is like, you can't be in a bar after 10 o'clock. And then it was bars are shut down. What do we got here? How walls, uh, da, 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 da. scroll down. Did you put darts? What did we put in there? Yeah. Governor Walls dart. Let's put dart throwing. Someone's going to think I'm making this up. I'm telling you. Was this around the same time he was blaming youth sports? Uh, Probably. Keep going down. Do, 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 do. Decision. Bombshell report blames Walls' slow decision-making. That doesn't seem like it. 
was this fake news? This is not fake. This is definitely not fake news. I could show you the executive order. I'm not seeing it. Oh my god, stupid Google. Okay, I'm gonna get you the article. What were you? That, that was Bing. I am. <laughs> trust me, I will show you the article. This definitely in the executive happened. order. He mentions throwing darts. It's it's like darts and other games <laughs> or something like that. Uh, Let me see here, because so we thought about at the state fair in 2021 having a dart throwing game. Um. Oh my God, why am I not finding this shit? Darts. I do vaguely remember it having to do with incrementally locking us back down turning the dials back down yeah, the dial, yeah. dials yeah now he has the audacity he's all over social media saying that he's protecting our rights which is just beyond laughable to anybody who's paid a lick of attention in the last four years uh the governor wallace has not been protecting your rights i assure you yeah coming from the guy who says biden's the most effective president <laughs> ever right <laughs> effective at destroying shit falling off bikes and falling downstairs he's he's got his talents i am i'm like i am so, this is one of those things where it's like i know what i'm saying is true right but you gotta back it up but i gotta back it up <laughs> need the receipts i do i need the receipts like literally we'll find the executive order that's like a fine detail it's probably buried <clears throat> within you know it might not be a headline it's probably so it might be hard to find well i i don't think we were the only ones to make the headline over this does someone in the comment section here see this is why I guess this is why we need Bridget. Do you guys remember this? Let us know if you see in the comment section here. It's kind of hard for me to fact check as I go. This is usually William's job. But um, anyhow, the point I was trying to make is it was a slow incremental thing until he got to the full lockdowns again, right? Yeah, which is which feels like what we're in right now. Are they just doing this incremental approach? Some colleges, um, I think I've read some medical institutions syracuse upstate new york there's hospital systems that are masking and there's a couple others too and i'm seeing more and more videos on facebook reels of people having interactions with the mask pushers and getting screamed at again for not wearing a mask okay i do have an article here uh we'll go with ap news you're looking up on bing yeah uh, so it's interesting when you google it um it comes up like a lot so why is Bing restricting that? I'm going to throw it here in cell. Bing is sponsored by Big Dart. Guess F15. Yeah, but if they're sponsored by Big Dart, they would really want us to get this out so they don't shut it down again. This is Walls imposes new limits on bars, restaurants, and gatherings. November 10th, 2020. Minnesota bars and restaurants must stop serving at 10 p.m. And attendance at weddings, funerals, and social gatherings will be limited under new restrictions. Governor Tim Walls announced Tuesday <coughs> try to slow the accelerating spread of the coronavirus. Sounding the most ominous tones he has used in months, Walls warned in a statewide address that Minnesota is approaching the worst phase of the pandemic and that conditions will get dramatically worse unless people start changing their behavior. Science, right? Science. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, come on. It said it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, scroll down. Yeah, scroll down. Okay, here we go. Perfect. Um, right, right about there. Restaurants and bars will still be allowed to offer takeout and delivery service after 10 p.m., but the new rules will ban sitting at the bar and activities that involve standing, such as pool, darts, and <laughs> dancing. <laughs> Thank God. I've been redeemed. <laughs> oh. I think – and I was looking at our articles, and must not have dart in the title, otherwise I would have found it, but I, I thought we focused on the dart throwing because it was so absurd. Maybe we just memed it. But it was like – yeah, it was a big thing about that. And it's funny you guys forgot. I mean, you were – 
I guess we didn't know you that well at that point, Mark, but more you were definitely in tune to oh, things in November. I was all over the stuff, so it's, yeah, I can't believe I don't remember yeah, that I either. I was but still, yeah, working in the hospital. I didn't meet you guys till 2021. Yeah, there. around the vaccine mandate yeah. stuff, right? Well, so that's what I'm seeing right now is you see these, uh, you see these like little messages here that the media is talking about, and you're like, geez, could they do this again? Um, did I lose my article? I lost my article. I'm going to go back to this on Action for Liberty. The Hill writes, 26 states see substantial spike in COVID hospitalizations. Meanwhile, CBS tells us, quote, World Health Organization say they have been closely tracking the emergence of a new, highly mutated COVID-19 variant that scientists have labeled BA-286. Highly mutated. Now, that's actually what happens to viruses over time is they become more uh, more spreadable. But less, less virulent, lethal. Yeah, yeah less right? virulent, more transmissible. Because they want to survive. And if you kill all the hosts, you don't survive, right? That's the natural path. COVID's here to stay. Thank you, Anthony Fauci in China and all those assholes over there. So, yeah, they're using the same scare tactics. I guess my question to you guys, because, you know, who better to ask in this state than you two? Do you really think they're going to do this all over again? You know, it's, I almost find it kind of hard to believe. I mean, it's going to have to be a more virulent strain where you're filling up the hospitals, I think, before even those borderline on the sheeple side will follow. I just don't – I mean, you're going to have these people that I see them still driving around their car alone with a mask. But mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, at the same time I say this, I expect it to happen. Right. You know, just because of, I don't, you know, things are crazy. This, you know, the World Health Organization, this, this, this pandemic treaty or whatever they're, they're, they're bringing forward. This shit's not over. But it's almost as if Pfizer, Moderna, and the whole pharmaceutical gang is like, we need more money. And that's why you see the CNN headline, COVID cases rising, comma, as new vaccines almost ready. So, yes, more people might have woken up to this bullshit, Mark, but they're going to scare enough people to still give these pharmaceuticals more consumers. You know, if you go back to Joe Rogan with uh, Sanjay Gupta, that was the craziest thing. He's like, why would I take the vaccine? He's like, well, now you've recovered. So you should get, uh, you should get the vaccine. And he's just like, why would I do that? And it's just like, he can't help, but promote the damn vaccine. Well, no one's getting the vaccine right now. My buddy, my buddy who uh, literally got the, uh, the jab for work. (laughs) <laughs> i can't believe he did that i mean i was easy for me so i shouldn't speak out of turn like it's easy for me no one at my job is my, my board's not telling me go get the jab jake right but he got it because you know work required it so he said he's at the doctor and the doctor comes in and goes hey uh i noticed you don't have the newest booster you should get the newest booster and he goes ha oh really you're serious <laughs> said that <laughs> he's not like political he's not like one of us doing this stuff but he's just like really like you're really pushing this these days so people aren't taking it serious. So the only way to take it serious and give uh, Pfizer and Moderna all that money again is to scare these people. Got to boost those year-end financials, publicly traded companies. There you go. It's it's disgusting, and I think Mark's right. <clears throat> as much as I would love to give people the benefit of the doubt and that they've wised up by now, there's going to be 30, 40, maybe pushing 50% of people because that's kind of the political divide, and it's crazy that vaccines – and mask mandates have become so politicized, but that's, uh, it's how people look at things. You know, you see someone with a mask, you're instantly like, must vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. You see someone who's not wearing a mask in a room with everybody else wearing it, they assume must be a Republican, must be some Trump lover. 
And yeah, it's, it's sad. It's the left's mega hat, right? What's that? It's the left's mega hat, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's virtue signaling. It's in fashion. But it, it doesn't do anything. It mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. It, yeah, there's a new study came out, too, on how toxic. Even the, the, the N95s have uh, kick out carcinogenic, um, liver-damaging toxins, compounds. Like, they're, they're not just ineffective. I believe they're dangerous. All the microplastics you breathe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, come on. What are you saying, Mark? Three. Yes, conspiracy theory. Are you saying 3M produces deadly uh, plastics no, and puts no, it no. in harm's way it's right. just a conspiracy that's, that's theory a cons- except for all the lawsuits against them on that very thing yeah. you're a, you're not an east met well actually you know I, s- I assume it's always east metro but actually 3m's all over the place but us over in lake elmo stillwater know this very well brad says of course they're going to do this again it's election season that's the big yeah. conspiracy they're going to do it to once again tip things in favor of the democrats mail-in ballots no signatures for you know witnesses and stuff like that yeah i think it's beyond obvious it was the end of 2019 before the 2020 cycle this thing kicked in yeah and now here we are the end of 2023 before the 24 election cycle perfect it is it's it's so transparent but and hopefully people see through it Mm -hmm. i really do i think in order to really lock it down again to do what they did shut down all the restaurants everything it's going to take more more hospitalizations and an actual more virulent strain or if they release another one or however the hell this took place i it's gonna have to be a little more than just well, more cases mm. i would think <sighs> hospitalizations right i guess cases is one thing hospitalizations the thing that the scare um that's a that's that's the million dollar question it's like until people actually see the thing affecting them at this point, will it actually change behavior? Because at first it was the media telling us this stuff and then we were scared out of our mind. But then eventually people are like, yeah, I had COVID. It wasn't that bad, right? Or I got over it pretty quick. Even if it was bad temporarily, I wasn't going to the hospital. I think they got to have hospitalizations, honestly, to pull that off. I think so too. I mean, you're going to have a lot of people that will mask up. I mean, I see them around still and, Tucker, I like what you say. Tucker says it's either COVID or World War III, and that's a scary thing, you know. You know, I was uh, I was chatting with this group, and we're waiting for Aaron Siri, the lawyer who's actually uh, sued FDA. I don't, he's not on the Zoom yet, Mark. In case <coughs> you got a contact there. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm keeping an eye on it. Just well, between one fifteen and one thirty is when I oh was it a, oh was a range gotcha arrive, okay yep, so um so Tucker, I was with this group of people yesterday, a uh, bunch of patriots, and um. We're talking about the problems with uh, the political issues, right? Like the COVID and then, you know, the breakdown of our political system with Trump's fourth indictment. And they were talking about the economic issues. And it also hit me. It's like, oh, yeah, we also have another really massive issue. World War Three. Like that doesn't even register. It doesn't even come up as like one of the big things is we are like on the cusp of World War Three because of what we're meddling in Ukraine. Don't worry about that. Um, so. I was like, man, is that where we're heading right now? Well, that's what they talked about Trump all the time when he got elected, is he's going to usher in World War III, and the dude started no new wars. But now you got Biden, who's overseeing this debacle with Ukraine, Russia, and um, what Japan, and China, and Thailand. I mean, it's, it's insane right now. And I think the next, what do we got, 14 months to the election? Like, I don't think we've seen anything yet. <laughs> I think the next 14 months are going to get insane well and that's the thing is they're already going to be insane so do they throw the COVID thing on top of it maybe that's the least insane part of it all right <laughs> i mean like seriously you got 
a propped up economy on low interest rates and they're raising interest rates. So that's that chicken's coming home to roost. You've got the cusp of World War Three, right? Like literally what we're doing is insane, insane. You got meddling in the election. It's like if you throw in COVID lockdowns, quite frankly, that's the fourth headline in the, the, the newspaper. It's not the big story. And so and but what does that mean? Does that mean that less people follow it? Right. Like less people are like, get the get the hell out of here. Like, I'm not going to follow that lockdown. I, I have no idea, by the way. I'm speculating. You know, I like to and I, maybe people tune in to watch the show because we might have the answers. And sometimes we just don't have the answers. And maybe that's why we go to the conversation, in the comment section. I have no idea on this stuff. Right. We were all basically responding to Alex Jones saying TSA agents are saying that there's lockdowns going back to COVID measures. We're taking basically a whistleblower via Alex Jones. That's possibly the reason this is happening. Now, we're all reading the same headlines. We're seeing some of these pieces move. But I don't know. And I don't know if they could get away. I think they could get away with it, though, if they tried it again. There's going to be a lot more red-pilled people, right? We have a show, so the audience in Minnesota and whoever watches in other states will see it. And there's there's other people. Joe Rogan's only growing in size and really stern and good on this issue. But I just don't know. I still think there's a maybe a majority in this population that's going to fall blindly for it again. You think a majority even? I think it's a majority, honestly. Wow. Maybe the young kids, the, the 20, 20 year olds and stuff that really saw through the bullshit, mostly because most selfish reasons they want to go out and do well, selfish reasons. <laughs> they they want to go socialize with other kids. That's what they do. Right. And it's good that they do that. Generally speaking, Um have we ever told our story on uh, on the cop when we were turkey hunting? Have we ever said that on this? Show? I don't think we've <laughs> talked about it on this show. We so Mort and I, uh, we, there's many things we did to resist Governor Walz's orders, his unilateral orders. But the first one that I recall you and I doing together mm-hmm. was uh, April 2020. We're like, well, screw it, we're gonna go turkey hunting. And at that time, right? You don't need to fact check me because I know you guys know this. Governor Walls banned camping in state forest. Yeah, that that literally happened because of COVID. Yeah, you can't go to state forest because of spreading COVID. We kind of thought the rationale was, well, maybe a bunch of high schoolers would party out there and then they would spread COVID, right? Which would probably still be better than staying at home, you know, eating Cheetos and playing video games. So Moore and I are out there. We're enjoying a campfire, drinking a couple beers, like, We've we been there for what a couple hours. A couple hours. We had saw this helicopter fly over. I see that often. Just thinking they're maybe going to speed trap on sixty-five. Two hours later, it's dark, and we see this car blaring down the Forest Service road. I mean, we're and we're I in a dead seen, end area. Yeah, we, never we, seen anyone out there. This is yeah. turkey hunting. Deer camps out there in in the fall. This is spring. Never seen anyone out there. And all of a sudden, slams the brakes because this person sees the fire, comes back, spotlight on us. I'm like, oh, wow. And Mort's like, well, I guess we're not camping tonight. <laughs> but I just set up my tent, too. I'm like, I'm sour if we got to take all this stuff down. And- <laughs> it turns out sheriff deputy was just like, what are you guys out here for? Oh, we're just turkey hunting. Tomorrow's turkey hunting. He's like, oh, cool. And they took off. So it was nothing. But my thought was that copper, that, that chopper went over, saw people think like we're setting up some big party on the woods. And they literally, because I, I don't know any reason this guy would, like he was coming down the road as if he knew there was something to go see. Yep. 
And it was clearly us because once he noticed the fire, he slammed the brakes. And he must have noticed right away it's two older guys. <laughs> Not old. I almost said old guys. You, look what you guys are doing to me, Dawson. <laughs> Super spreaders. Older guys, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, this is nothing. But that's what I think they thought. It was a big party, a bunch yeah. of kids out there. So I think the 20-year-olds are like, screw this. We're not doing this again, right? And they are a voting so. block now. And conservative and, – and boys, 18-, 20-some-year-old boys are becoming more conservative. Not so much on the girl side, but on the I boy think, side. I think fewer people will comply. You're going to have those people, but there's definitely going to be people. Like, I'm going to non-comply even harder. And there are, <laughs> That's we'll, exactly what There's going to be people that are just either going to boycott or I'm going to go into the store purposely without my mask and, and cause – there, these 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 businesses are going to have major issues because there's going to be some pissed off people going in there without their masks. How are they going to even be able to conduct business mm-hmm. if this happens again? I mean, bring it on. Razzle Dazzle says, getting our exemption letters ready again. Didn't have to send last time. Uh, held out till till lifted. Luckily, I didn't have to have that, but a lot of people did. In fact, that's another thing we asked Aaron Sear because I think he was – some part in you know squashing them i think it was a or uh, washington dc mandate or something yeah like so the mandate in dc i believe they they were going to be able to vaccinate kids without parental knowledge or consent i mean he just created a religious exemption in mississippi it had been like almost 50 years um that they had no exemption so he created that he stopped the the, the school boards from mandating the covid jabs in san diego he's just forced the release of the moderna covid trial data and then the big one was releasing the v-safe data and then the pfizer covid trial data which they wanted to keep hidden until 2096 for what reason hmm. go figure <laughs> and that's like, what it's i like even the jfk files I, secret it's so crazy. yeah i'm looking forward to, to hearing what you know aaron has to say about how that all went down mm-hmm uh t wall greetings from the fair william is keeping busy and we got her t-shirt william's not keeping busy fake news total fake news t wall just kidding uh he sent the picture that was awesome thank you very much for doing that i wish i was there today obviously we got a show to run roxy says died suddenly is a good documentary for skeptics i like that documentary a little too sensationalized in parts well and nothing came nothing came from it like you know that's the thing that you know this 2000 mules like whatever came from it like if these are that glaring why are we not i mean dang it republicans are in charge in dc why aren't we getting anything from it It spreads awareness (laughs) it spreads awareness yeah definitely so more people getting more knowledge to spread uh truth but yeah nothing you know tangible Mm -hmm. well we might get an impeachment inquiry out of the u.s house and it's at, at this stage it's a might that's yeah, exactly. It's so we ridiculous. Don't even, we don't even have the inquiry. It's yep. always it's always like uh those those I'm sorry if I'm offending any uh of our viewers, but you know, it's like what do you what kind of ring is that? It's a promise ring. A promise ring for what? A promise to get engaged. <laughs> an engagement for what? An engagement to get married. It's like <laughs> why why not just an engagement to get married, right? Yep. And yep. it's like that's the Republican platform these days. It's like we make it a promise to do this inquiry, which leads to an impeachment that actually he still has to get convicted for. Yeah, they're so <laughs> cowardice down there. In fact, what it reminds me of is when I introduced articles of impeachment against Governor Walls, that day, Cal Barr, who was a state rep at the time, comes in my office. I'm like, hey, Cal, are you going to get on board? Are you going to co-sign these articles of impeachment? And not only did he say no, Cal said, you need to withdraw the articles of impeachment. 
Like, I couldn't believe this guy has, like, no backbone. Now I totally believe it, but he would not support it. He wouldn't co-author it, and he was encouraging me to withdraw the things. Why? Why why did he want you to withdraw it? (sighs) Well, Cal, I think Cal's book smart, but he's not politically smart. He said, what's going to happen if you don't withdraw it is the minority leader, or the majority leader, Ryan Winkler, he's going to unannounced he's going to with um what how do you say he's going to force a vote he said he's going to pull these out of committee and he's going to force a vote on the house floor on impeaching walls and he said he's going to humiliate you with that and i said if ryan winkler wants to force a vote on impeaching governor walls i'll take it i think that'd be fantastic yeah but he didn't understand that that they'd be the democrats would be doing our work for us right it would be amazing right and quite frankly it's still at least you this is the problem. This is, and everyone's going to understand this watching at home. The problem right now in the conservative movement, and no one's doing jack shit about it, right? We're trying to do our best here, whatever we can do to move things in our favor. And I'm having these conversations at the state fair, and people are like, no one's doing anything about it. And I have to explain to people, well, guess what? That's why we're doing petitions on impeaching Biden. Because I can go talk to Tom M or I can go talk to Michelle Fishbach. I'm one guy. I mean, maybe I'm a bad example because they kind of know I represent an organization. But the only reason I have maybe a little bit more power is because of all of you. So if I got thousands and thousands of petition signers, that's something. Then they're like, crap, if I don't do this, I got a problem in my hands, right? That is how politics works, isn't it, Mort? Well, well, yeah, you you need to have an army of people, right? Right. People hold the political power, and that's how you wield the political power is you have to have a bunch of people that are putting the pressure on the politicians. Like Emmer at the state central meeting about a month ago spoke for 10 minutes. He never mentioned once impeaching Joe Biden. Like he didn't even utter the word impeachment there. There's just a lot of cowardice out there. There's a lack of courage. And um, I'm sure we'll see that flush out again in, in potential COVID mandates. Commander Kuby. Hi, Eric. Our white sheep from the Capitol. Commander Kuby. The white sheep. Yeah, I know okay. Commander Kuby. She's yeah, awesome. I know She's awesome. she is. Yeah. She's awesome. Yep. I don't know if I know her. Yeah, when I, well, when I first you know talked her. to her. Oh, I do? Yeah, okay. you probably know her. You know her. Because I think her email or something, her alias was Commander. Yeah, we don't want to say names. I mean, but I know who she is. <laughs> She's awesome. You got Mark's we love you. <laughs> approval. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Uh, so what are you guys thinking at home? Is COVID 2.0 happening? Like, I mean, once again, we face, I think, the four big things here. Because – if you think about the next 12 months, 14 months, whatever it is, it's all, it's basically September. So next 14 months lean up to the November election. We got four massive things we're facing, possibly COVID 2.0, um, an implosion of the U.S. economy because we keep increasing interest rates and we are literally addicted to low interest rates. Number three is um, literally the election interference like we've never seen before. You know, you play these scenarios out, they throw them in prison. They keep them off ballots. That's an initiative that's happening. Literally, attorneys general are doing this around the country. Or not attorneys general, sectors, states doing this. And number four, just minor little fourth one, nothing big. Oh, World War Three with, you know, superpowers that have nuclear weapons. Those are four massive things that the trend line, you know, seems to be going in those directions. Well, you forgot global warming. Oh, oops. <laughs> 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 that's right i that's an existential threat to our existence jake par- pardon me for doing that i that's right that's why we had a hurricane in florida it's all because of climate change obviously uh you know wildfires all that kind of stuff C- completely global warming no no doubt about it 
I stand corrected, Mort. Just for the sake of the rest of the show, though, let me just ignore the global warming and focus on those four. Is that How okay with you? you? <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> right? Oh, man, I don't know. Like That is the thing that gets me. It's just like we – I mean, some people look at this. It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be fun, right? I mean, fun and fun, but um, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, politics is going to get really interesting. And luckily, we have a show. We we on with them? Well, so I have Aaron Siri in a Zoom meeting right now. Um, I let him know that once this video is on, we'll be ready to start. Um, the chats might not have gotten through, but yeah, it looks like we got him here. So, all right, just give me a thumbs up when he's ready. He's ready. Oh, he's ready. Okay, so uh, that's that's where that's the next. 14 months ahead of us here four major things COVID 2.0 if they do this and so it couldn't be more timely to have today's guests, i agree and think truth. about the things that we accomplished you know more when you were in the legislature mark and your rallies to stop the mandate action for liberty pushing against governor walls's emergency powers we're so much better positioned the lessons that we learned but the thing that we learned is we also have to fight this stuff through the legal process. So I'm happy to bring on Aaron Siri, who's a lawyer, who's actually had success doing this. Aaron, you've actually sued, I think it was the FDA, and you released files from Pfizer Moderna that would have been brought to our attention for 75 years. How did they get away with this? And, and tell us about that case. Sure. Uh, hi. Happy to be with you. Um, well, we uh, submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the uh, FDA asking them to release all of the documents that they say they reviewed in about 108 days in order to license Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. So the FDA took 108 days to review all these documents and they said, yep, good for the public. Everybody in America, you're safe to get this product because uh, we've reviewed all this information. So when we use the, the law that permits the public, the people that pay for the FDA to exist, right? They work yeah. for us. They forget that sometimes. <laughs> when, when we uh, uh, submitted the law that permits us to check on those who work for us, meaning using the Freedom of Information Act, to see was their work good? Was their review appropriate? And so we asked that they produce the same documents that they reviewed in that time period they came back and said, actually, uh, we can give it to you, uh, but we'll only give you about 500 pages a month. So when you do the math based on the number of pages they told us at that point, which is around 300, 400,000 pages, turned out to be 75 years. By the way, turned out that uh, um, it's over, uh, um, it's far, it's over double that number of pages. So really they wanted to wait and they didn't disclose it at the time, about 160 uh, so years when you do the math. Um, long after uh, even many of the, you know, uh, our grandkids born today <laughs> that would, wouldn't be here anymore. Not so, me. Not me. I'm living forever. I didn't get the jab, okay. so don't worry about me. I'm good. <laughs> what what possible rationale do they have for that? I mean, that's ridiculous. Anyone that looks at that, it's like 75 years for something this important. What what could be the rationale? Well, the, the, the rationale that they provide is they have limited resources. Of course, they didn't have uh, limited resources when they gave Moderna and Pfizer billions of dollars of our money to develop those products. And they didn't have a limited resource when they sent billions more of our dollars to go and publicize it to the public. And they didn't have limited dollars when they spent over $20 billion to then buy the product that they paid to develop in large part and promote, right? 
Uh, they didn't have limited resources when it came to that, but when it came to shelling out maybe a few million dollars at most to conduct the, the extremely limited review that they needed to do to get these products to the public, to the documents to the public, they then claimed limited resources of the court. Uh, obviously, were uh, hearken that the judge uh, didn't agree with their position. So I shall, I can tell you that um, it, it, it's not uncommon in FOIA cases for federal judges to accede to the position that the government has that they do have limited resources, despite, mm. you know, uh, um, and so in this case, instead of uh, um, in the initial case against the FDA that we filed, the judge ordered that the documents be produced at a rate of fifty-five thousand pages a month instead of the 500 pages a month, which the judge at the time thought would mean all the pages would be produced in seven months or so, turns out more than double the number of pages actually existed. We found that out only way later when they hit the number of pages and it was that they initially said it was clear there was a lot more. Um, they never were transparent, neither with us nor with the court about that fact. Um, separately, we also, on behalf of the same group, uh, FOIA the FDA for the documents they relied upon to license the Moderna vaccine, as well as the Pfizer vaccine for 12 to 15 year olds, mm -hmm. because that wasn't um, in the initial licensure, so it wasn't part of the first lawsuit. In that case, the FDA tried to make the same arguments, and this time, the judge ordered that the documents you produced effectively at no less than 180,000 pages per month, which will still take um, uh, you know, almost two years to produce all of those pages. But, um, but yeah, that was their argument. Yeah. So Aaron, I'm Mark Bashowski. I'm actually one of the people that's helping to bring you to Minnesota. And I, I want to say thank you so much for giving us some of your extremely valuable time today. And I've got a million questions for you and I'll save many of those for the presentation, but you were also involved, I believe with, uh, exposure of the v-safe data and if that is true can you tell us a little bit about what is the v-safe data and maybe what were some of the significant findings within that data yeah we did that lawsuit as well and so um, um the v-safe data is one of the four safety systems for lack of a better term that the cdc has deployed and said that because we have these systems hey public don't worry see we're assuring the product is safe uh, the other major system, and this I think people are more familiar with, is VAERS. Mm -hmm. Of course, the CDC tells you VAERS uh, can never show that there's actually any causal relationship between a vaccine and an injury. It's just there to quote-unquote signal detect. Um, but no nonetheless, they typically primarily rely on VAERS and VSAFE to assure the public that the COVID-19 vaccines were safe. VSAFE is a program they rolled out specifically for the COVID-19 vaccines. They actually uh, rolled it out at the uh, in December 2020, the very same month that they started rolling out the COVID-19 vaccines. They gave it EUA approval. If you all recall, that was the, the month of the very first vaccine rollout. Um, and what VSAFE is, is an app-based program where basically folks who are coming in to get the shot were said, hey, sign up for this program from the CDC called VSAFE. And what it did is it did a daily check-in for seven days, then a weekly check-in for another, for six weeks. And then it did three more check-ins at, at intervals after that. And it asked all kinds of questions um, to try to assess, as its name apparently indicates, the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines. 
And so um, the people who signed up for this weren't signing up because like theirs to just report an issue. They signed up typically because they were enthusiastic about the rollout of this new product. In fact, there was about 10 million people that signed up to use vSafe. Almost all of them in those first initial months when there were no mandates and nobody was being forced to take the shot, these were the folks who were running out to get the shot. In any event, over the next year, two years after the rollout of the vSafe program, the CDC published something in the order of over 40 and, and by you know uh, studies in which they said, hey, see, that COVID vaccine is safe. And in those studies, those peer-reviewed studies, or, or in their um, MMWR, uh, what they consider their peer-reviewed journals, uh, they, um, they said COVID-19 vaccines are safe. And what did they rely on in those studies? Study after study, V-safe and VAERS data. But here's the thing. They only published the first week of the uh, a safety data effectively from VSAFE. One of the main fields in the VSAFE uh, database was, did you have to go to the hospital seek medical care after getting COVID-19 vaccine? Well, they only reported the first week of medical care seeking behavior, even though they were well aware that vaccines, we have a vaccine injury practice at our firm, we've got over 30 people that only do vaccine work. You know, many vaccine injuries only arise at least a week after. Why? Because they're, they're immune mediated. So it takes your body at least a week, just like it takes antibodies a week or two to build up to sufficient quantity. If some of those bad antibodies are self-attacking, it takes a week or two for the symptoms to even manifest, at least, and, and often a lot longer. And, and many vaccine injuries are immune or immune mediated issues, neurological and so forth. In any event, despite the fact that they knew that injuries could arise well after a week, two, three, four, five, six weeks after, which is why they captured that data in, <laughs> in the first place with VSAFE for that period, they only reported the first week. And it took us a year and a half of fighting with them in federal court, two federal lawsuits, in fact, until they finally gave us the check the box data from VSAFE. And when we got it, we could get an indication of potentially why they never reported the full six weeks of healthcare seeking behavior after the COVID vaccine. Because what it showed was that in those first six weeks, approximately 5% of people sought medical care. Mm. And about 70 something percent of them were hospitalized emergency room or, um, uh, or, or needed urgent care. And for the full, for the full VSAFE data set, 7.7% of people reporting that they sought medical care and and the question was phrased to not just say any medical care it was it was a phrase to indicate did you you know was it from the covid shot did you believe it was related so you're talking you know that's like one in 13 or so people 12 i don't know, I think i'm doing that math right who said they needed medical care after covid-19 vaccine when CDC designed VSAFE. That was really basically the only check the box metric that they, where they were gathering data uh, that could really assess safety. Um, other than asking you whether you went to see the doctor or the hospital, the only other thing that VSAFE data collected on a check the box basis were like arm pain, the type of stuff that they say is normal. And they only collected it for a week. And the rates of that were 60, 70, 80% of reported it, but they said, that's great. That shows the vaccine's working. So that data was useless. So the only real data in VSAFE that would ever have indicated whether there was a problem with the COVID vaccine was the percentage of people seeking medical care. And when that number showed 7.7% of people sought medical care, if that wasn't high enough, I don't know what number was. 
I don't know what was even the point of having this V-safe system unless it was already predetermined it was safe. And this was just all done as a show and pony, uh, a dog and pony show, which effectively it appears from the CDC side. It was with an asterisk. They try to hide that number for the public for a year and a half, um, but for the federal lawsuits that we brought on behalf of uh, our client, the Informed Consent Action Network, I can. Um, they probably still bury that data. Well, well, and in fact, they're actually burying the entire VSA program right now. Yeah, and clearly they have to, because if you're going to say this talking point, we all know it's safe and effective. You can't do that when it's, what, 7 to 8% of people are seeking medical care after getting the COVID jab. And so this is really good. I'm glad you're bringing this up here. Um, we, we were talking before you came on this COVID 2.0. You're familiar with this talk, right? People are starting to think that, we're going to go back to some of these mass mandates and stuff like, well, think there are actually mass mandates being implemented already. So that's not a conspiracy, but that we're going to bring down a lot of these mandates again. And we were discussing how many people get fooled into this again. And if they literally will do this and thank you very much for the lawsuit and exposing this, but if they can do this again, and the only recourse is after the fact, legally, they're going to have the media spewing out the safe and effective. They'll, Point to one thing, the FDA's, uh, you know, check, check the box. Yep, this is good. And it's going to happen to us all over again. What are your thoughts? Do you think this the same play that they've done will work again? On the federal level, I think it's unlikely to work again in the same way that they tried before. For example, remember, they tried to require employers with over 100 employees to uh, require the COVID-19 vaccine. We had one of those cases that went up to the Supreme Court. We oh, represented nice. a car dealership had over 100 employees, but all the surrounding car dealerships had less than 100 employees. In any event, um, as you might recall, the Supreme Court, um, you know, there were oral arguments in that case that made the news. Um, they only selected lawyers from two of the cases. Unfortunately, I was one of them. I would have loved to argue that case. <laughs> anyway, um, the, uh, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that the CDC, that OSHA, excuse me, um, didn't have the authority to implement that requirement, that the only way that that requirement could have been implemented was by a law passed by Congress. So that is current binding precedent of the United States Supreme Court. So the only way they're going to implement something similar to that effectively is if Congress authorizes it effectively. Um, they, they, yeah, uh, they could try again in other ways, but that would be the uh, primarily the way they would need to do it. I don't it. know. I, I mean, I, I don't have much faith that that wouldn't be the course that they take. You know, you could dupe the Republican establishment pretty easily. Um, well, I, you know, my hope is that, that the, the Republicans are not going to, uh, as, as a body in the Senate at least, right, where and in, and in the House right now where they have the majority. Yep. So one, it would have to get out of committee. And right now the Republicans control the committees in the House side. So hopefully that's not. I mean, you've probably seen these uh, committee hearings that are going on. And on the Senate side, um, you've got the same thing. Now, I'll give you an example on the House side. So, uh, you know, um, we represented 17 members of Congress challenging the mask mandate on the uh, um, on airplanes. Um, we, we filed in, uh, in, 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 a, in a different state. The, the case in Miami got the decision out first, and then we joined the appeal to the 11th Circuit. Those same members of Congress that we represented clearly uh, are not happy with the, with the government dictating how you uh, the executive branch of the federal government dictating how we should live our lives are now sitting on some of the most powerful committees on the house side uh, um, where before the last election they weren't 
So I think that you've got some pretty strong allies in some of those committees right now. And you can you can line up the the the, the plaintiffs in that lawsuit with the members of the committee and you can you can kind of see how that aligns. So I'm hopeful that that, that I'm very hopeful that Congress would not let a law like that um, even get to the floor, let alone um, get a get a get all the way through. Well, that's a good point. And plus, if they do, we'll be activating a lot of people. Mark, uh, I don't want to forget this. Um, I want to get to a comment by one of our audience, but there's an event with Aaron Siri. We got to plug this multiple times. Get the plug in right now. Well, yeah. So Aaron um, is giving us some of his time today. And also there's an event September 10th, uh, doors at two o'clock. Event starts at 2.30. Aaron's going to give a presentation, answer some questions. It's in Moundsview at an event center called The Mermaid. They, our audience knows The Mermaid. We do a lot of events yeah, at so, The Mermaid. Um, and actually, place. I'm about. I'm going to announce right now. So you can get tickets at tempotickets.com slash Aaron Siri. And today, right now, you're viewing this program, we're doing a flash sale. So we opened up more space for the event. So uh, $20 tickets now, so you're going to get now nearly 50% off. If you use the discount code, the truth hurts, one word, the truth hurts. So templetickets.com slash Aaron Siri. Use the code, the truth hurts. Get yourself a $20 ticket or multiple tickets. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We're, we're blessed to be able to have Aaron come and, and speak his wisdom, to teach us, to empower us, and, and help us figure out how we might navigate this moving forward. And so I do have a question that I'm getting from a lot of people, and we can go to the, the comment one, but, but Aaron, so I have a, a lady, and several people actually, there's a community college here where these nursing students, they're about to finish the program, but to finish their clinicals, now these hospitals are requiring they get the COVID jab, the, the original set of two. Mm. Is there any recourse, or do they just have to drop out of the program or submit to this jab? My goodness, you asked me the toughest exemption question in the country, actually. <laughs> uh, I, I, before I answer that, if I may, the, the event that I'll be speaking at, um, you know, all the proceeds, the proceeds are going to go to the organizations uh, listed at the bottom of the flyer, which are all fighting to assure that you, you know, that every person in Minnesota has the right to make their own medical choices. You want every vaccine, uh, great. You want to wear 30 masks, wonderful. You want to live in your basement, never come out wearing the 30 masks and getting a jab a day. That's freedom. <laughs> Science. The idea is Science. Nobody, nobody should be mandated to do that. The government shouldn't tell you to do that. Right. And that's a basic, that's a basic freedom because if you, you know, if, if, if uh, um, you may love all vaccines right now, you may think they're amazing. You may love masks, but the day may come where you do not agree with a certain medical intervention. And if you do cannot leave your home and you cannot go to church, and you cannot get a job and you can't get on planes, then you don't have any more rights. You're stuck in your house and you can, you know, you can pray by yourself to the wall. You can assemble freedom of assembly by yourself in your home. You can't make a living. You, you, you can't uh, uh, enjoy any of the freedoms that the First Amendment guarantees. And so um, that's why medical freedom, uh, the right to be able to choose, to, the ability to say no to a medical intervention you don't want is so important. And these groups are all fighting for that Minnesota and, and, and the proceeds and proceeds go to, to those groups. And so I'm happy to, to, to help support uh, their efforts. Um, that, that said, um, when it comes to the nurses, um, so, uh, uh, you know, the exemption landscape, um, when it comes to employers, Title VII federal law requires employers to accommodate religious beliefs. And religious beliefs is broader than what people think, not just church on Sunday. You know, when the country was founded when the First Amendment was adopted in 1791 by the, by the then states. Um, religion infused every aspect of people's lives until they lived their convictions. 
So it's, you know, it's your personal convictions. And if you have a personal convi- a conviction that's, you know, that's, that's gotta be grounded in God or some intelligent design or some, something far bigger than yourself, then you, you can, you know, title seven of the, uh, provides that employers have to accommodate those religious beliefs, even if they're personal, so to speak, they're not part of an organized religion. Now in the school context, which is what you're talking about, most state laws in, in most states do have protections at the university level and the college level. And so even, so there again, there are exemptions available. There is a bit of a wrinkle in the one scenario you just described, which is that the nursing program is one thing. The hospital is somewhere else, something else. The student is going to the hospital and it's the hospital that's often saying that there's a vaccine requirement. So there's a disconnect. There's a break between the student who's not an employee necessarily. And the, and, and, and also it's not the school requiring it. All that said, the good news is Allison Lucas, who she's an attorney at our firm. She's a partner uh, at our firm. She is the country's uh, premier, um, uh, dare I say expert on exemptions. All she does are, are uh, vaccine exempt, doing it for forever. Um, she's literally writing the book on it right now, actually. And um, um, we help folks with that all of the time in various ways, or we can assist in advising if there's a way to do it. We do have tons of free information on our, our firm website about it, SiriLLP.com. Um, so you can you know read about read about it there. There's also I think a little a video as well. Um, and, and Allison is also available to help if, if needed. But that's um, it is a, uh, a difficult situation. I would say this much. I very much believe in free market economics, and I know it's a tough situation when you're in the last year of your education, but, um, you know, it's always better to give your money to places and support institutions that share your values, not places that don't share your values. And ideally, you know, when people are uh, thinking about nursing school, thinking about where they're going to go to school, what what companies are going to use, they should think about um, what they're supporting value-wise as well. Um, you know, for example, when we're looking for new employees, we use a company called Red Balloon, which is you know part of what we you, a lot of people call the parallel economy, um, that you know supports a lot of similar values, understands freedom and the importance of it, and so forth. Or we go to Public Square, which is a listing of companies that have um, you know also believe in, in freedom in in many ways. So um, that all said, uh, obviously I, I don't know the specific of the individual that you're describing, but every situation, depending on the school, the situation. Um, um, uh, be addressed needs to be addressed individually, and so the good place to start is just some of the free information we have on our website. Um, yeah. So, Dawson, I want you to pull up uh, the link of that because I just looked it up. Uh, SiriLLP.com. It's a pretty badass website. I love it, man. That's pretty cool. This guy sounds just like us, Mark. Uh, one user question here. Uh, what did I do with that? See, Bridget's usually the one reading the uh, comments. I'll section. just comment on that. So I think here, so I, here I know is. the hospital that I know the community college. I know the hospital. The hospital's offering religious exemption to employees, current employees. But I feel like there's this collusion. They know that these students are in the last year. They know they can just push them into submitting. It's it's just so unfortunate. Um, yeah, well, the, the good news is there are you know there there are potential ways to deal with it, and um, but you know they need to be evaluated on a case by case basis. It's such a lawyer answer, and I hate to say it. 
No, I, I appreciate it. We all hate the lawyer answers, by the way. I, get, I know. We get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Base Minnesota asks, and this you kind of alluded to this real quick, but uh, you, you definitely made it sound like there's opening here, but he says, I've heard of people – have you heard of people having success in lawsuits where they're suing the employer over religious exemption denials? Oh, yeah. We have – we have an, we actually have an entire practice. That's what we do. We bring class action against employers that – you know, as a matter of course, uh, deny religious exemptions to employees on uh, for vaccination. We actually have a bunch of class actions pending against all kinds of employers, um, all grounded typically in Title VII, as well as uh, for individual employees um, as well. It again, you know, depends on the on the situation and the scenario and 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 the conduct of the company. But um, oh, but yeah, we routinely bring lawsuits like that. In fact, we have a whole section of our website where. Um, if somebody believes that they have been impacted, wrongfully terminated for seeking a religious exemption to vaccination, they should uh, they can fill out an intake form and we'll evaluate. And, and I'm looking on the website. There is a Minneapolis office on Fourth Street, so it looks like they are admitted to the Minnesota bar. So yeah, I think uh, SiriLLP.com. Uh, nice nice website. I want to respect your time. I know we only got about a minute left. You got a quick question here Mark. yeah i guess and I, I don't know how quick um but you know what brought you what was I, i'm oh, aware yeah. of a lot of your successes aaron but kind of can you tell us how you got into civil rights litigation how, how you got into defending um health freedom and and what you would consider your your greatest accomplishment so far i mean there's there's so many of them but if you comment on that Wow, that's the one-minute compound question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It wasn't me. It was Mark that did it. Oh, boy. Uh, I have a little more um, respect. Well, <laughs> um, well um, I'll start with the last bit, and, I'll, and I'll, give, I'll, I'll shortly respond to the first part. In terms of the quote-unquote greatest accomplishment in the space of protecting civil liberties when it comes to mandated medicine, um, I, I would say that it is, you know, we recently – you know, obviously, it's hard to, to weigh the value between um, different cases and that, you know, for like members of the military, we did the Air Force case, right, where we were over 10,000 members of the military uh, who were slated to be kicked out for not getting COVID-19 vaccine because they submitted an exemption where we got, a, you know, we got an injunction preventing that. You know, how do you how do you weigh um what that meant to those service. I mean, we've, we've, I mean, I certainly know individual cases, you know, they, we've gotten, uh, you know, letters and notes, um, uh, you know, people described, you know, what they were facing and how, how this, you know, save, save their career. I don't It's hard to weigh that, um, that contrast with, you know, um, other cases of a similar vein. Because, you know, again, I really harken back to what I said earlier. You know, when you're in that one pinch point, you know, you might be going through life and everything's honky-dory. And then somebody says, hey, inject this. Do this procedure. And mm -hmm. you're like, I no, I don't want to do that. And when you say no, if that means that's it, your career's over, mm -hmm. your, 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 your livelihood is over, your education is over, your nursing school, that what you... Your whole life as a kid, you wanted to be a nurse, and now, boom, you, you can't do it. You know that is an people find themselves in an incredible moment of um, you know of, of anguish, desperation, every emotion you can imagine, 
And so, um, you know, you're, you're often confronting helping folks in, in, in that really desperate situation. Um, with all of that said, and, and without weighing, uh, you know, which one was the most important, because obviously we have clients, we have people we've helped in lots of different arenas on this issue, um, and we're proud to do that. Uh, we are probably the biggest vaccine practice uh, that I'm aware of in the world that doesn't represent pharma, and we're very proud of that too. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I would say, you know, one case I'm really, I am very proud of, we just got this week a final order in, permanent injunction, not a preliminary injunction, a permanent final injunction in the state of Mississippi in which the court found that under the First Amendment to the Constitution, under the freedom of religion, children in that state, parents in that state must be afforded the uh, opportunity to obtain a religious exemption for their children so that they can send their children to school. Mm -hmm. State of Mississippi um, um, had, uh, had a religious exemption until 1979 when it was taken away. And, you know, you've had parents um, for one weird or another, maybe they don't want to inject their children with certain vaccines that, like, for example, the varicella vaccine, chickenpox vaccine has over has billions of pieces of DNA cellular debris from the cultural cell line of aborted fetus. Um, and mm -hmm. they find that to be immoral, either the abortion itself or the, you know, injecting their children with literally, literally the piece, you know, billions of pieces of the DNA and cellular debris fragments from an aborted fetal cell line. Um, you know, some people have a moral issue with that and um, they couldn't send their children to school. Um, and uh, either they homeschool, they moved away from their family, their parents, their grandparents to live in the neighboring state and are driving hours to see them and all kinds of hardships. Um, but these are folks, and in many ways, these are folks who really stand by their convictions. I mean, these are the folks, maybe more than anybody, you really want to, to excel because, you know, it's, it's good when people stand by their convictions um, and don't waffle as easily. Um, and, and now these folks can finally, and this year, this school year right now is the first school year since 1979 that those families across the state of Mississippi can now finally send their children back to school. Wow. That's a huge win. That's a huge win. Yeah, man. It's one of the guys I wish I've known a little longer. Could have known him in 2020, 2021. Aaron, a very big pleasure to have you on the show today. September 10th, we're going to have him in Minnesota. Can't can't wait for that in a moment. Yeah, so, you can go to maskoff.org so or stopthemandatemn.com and, and check out the details. But, yeah, uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for your valuable time, and I really look forward to seeing you on September 10th. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, I mean, I truly mean that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I told you, man. About, this no, guy none is... of us were prepared for COVID, right? None of us were. First of all, it's that March 13th. We all remember it. Like, the NBA shuts down. That was the big moment to me. The NBA shuts down. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, what's going on? It's a billion-dollar yeah. business. And then, you know, it wasn't much later than all the governors are creating their emergency orders. Mm -hmm. As um, Jesse likes to remind people, so did Ron DeSanctimonious. Yeah. Um, and, and in the case of Minnesota, shutting down, none of us were prepared for this. That's the, If someone told me that in 2019, I'd be like, get the hell out yeah, of here. No, exactly. And then even when COVID started, oh, come on, they're not going to have vaccine mandates. Actually, all those Democrat politicians lied. They said they would never do that. Wall said, well, we'll never have passports. And then Jacob Wright literally had passports in Minneapolis, which didn't last long, thank God, right? So 
we weren't prepared for this stuff. And so it's like, God, you know, if you could have found an Aaron Siri, because that was the question I got all the time. Yep. I want a religious exemption. Yeah, you were a state representative during this time. So you were getting that question. What was it, Article all 7, did he say? Yeah. For, yep. Of the Constitution, I'll be looking that. I mean, that's huge information. I mean, yeah. none of us knew that. I mean, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. We were not prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember early on, well, even Glenn Beck. I was I was driving to Rochester one day, probably in March, and Glenn Beck was saying he was just breaking down the math of percent of cases that result in hospitalization and and, and extrapolating that across the country. And Glenn Beck of all people was like, "Look, by whatever date, end of March or early April, he said we will not have any hospital beds left in this entire country." And I remember going, "Okay, maybe this is something serious." Yeah. And then yeah, March Madness canceled, NBA season canceled, and. Uh, there was about a three-day period where I was convinced, oh, this is kind of a big deal. And then it quickly became obvious, no, this is just politicized. And this was the newest tool to get rid of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm convinced of. I yeah, I'm, more than that, but I, I, I do lean that way, but oh, God, I think it so was, I, we didn't get a chance to ask him. And being an attorney and the stuff he's litigating, what have he, what do you have answered is, does he feel like this whole pandemic was premeditated um, for for reasons other than just political Donald Trump. I mean, worldwide, everything was lockstep. And you've got people like Dr. Peter McCullough saying, yeah, it was most likely uh, premeditated. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I doubt it was premeditated to get rid of Trump. I think they just oh, they, saw the opportunity yeah, to go, well, while we're at it, let's get rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Good crisis. But, yeah, isn't he awesome? I mean, he thinks like us. I mean, this guy is uh, – Well, he said a couple key things. So one, one of the things he said was the First Amendment rights – that are freedoms that are guaranteed in the constitution you know it's like so he knows that they pre-exist the constitution a lot of people say yeah your first amendment rights that come from the constitution they don't come this is a little slight thing i'm like oh yeah that's the way we talk and then what was the other thing he said oh he was talking about a parallel economy like i'm big into that now man like parallel economy that's where this thing is heading Right. I'm so sick of giving to these woke companies. Speaking of woke companies, let's talk about a school district here. This is a Fox News article. Um, a woman, more brought this up on the show today. This is crazy. A woman settled with a school district in California for about $100,000 because, unbeknownst to her, the school district was helping transition her daughter into a boy. Right? I mean, we all know that this is the big scary thing that the left is pushing. And quite frankly, think that the the villain here is the mother. First on Fox, in what's been called a landmark victory for parental rights, a California school district has settled for $100,000 with a mother who said her daughter was, quote, socially transitioned to a boy without parental knowledge or consent. Jessica Conan said her 11-year-old daughter, Alicia, was told by her school in the Spreckles Union School District in Monterey County. Spreckles, that's an interesting name. That she may be upset because she didn't know who she was truly inside. From there, the school allowed her to use the boys' bathroom, use male pronouns to refer to her, and was socially transitioned away from her biological gender. Once Conan found out that her daughter was being identified as a male and socially transitioned without her knowledge, she sued the district. Her daughter was has since decided to re-identify as a girl. Shocker, right? Yeah. Maybe an 11-year-old girl doesn't know, right? Um uh, and the California senior mother vowed to keep fighting for parental rights after a settlement in which she was represented by the Center for American Liberty. I'm dead serious about this right now. And, and luckily she's settling. So, you know, they say, well, we're not going to admit guilt, yeah. but you're kind of admitting guilt in this case, right? There's enough there where they have to settle. 
I really think the modern left thinks the villain in this story is the mother. Yeah, like we were yeah. talking, you guarantee like Tim Walls would side with the school here. You know, and it's, it's absolutely they made a law in Minnesota where you can just you know bring a kid across state lines, or a kid can come across state lines and get like gender reaffirming care, um, and you can't no, even no, deny no. it to your children. Gender affirming. How bigoted of you to say reaffirming? Yeah, assuming <laughs> assuming they're wrong, it's affirming. Oh, that reaffirm. Oh, how oh. He, what can we Whatever. can't have this guy in the studio? I, I mean, I actually have a I have a question about this. So, <laughs> I think that all all of you guys are parents, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, is this when I hear this story, I think that mom should have known what was going on with her daughter right yeah i kind of thought that in the yep. back of my head too like how does the mom not know what's going on here obviously yeah it's bad for who school knows? to be pitching that stuff yeah, it's pretty secretive stuff if they're really keeping it from a parent who's paying attention and but you happening. guys all have multiple children and the personality is different in fact i could think of the two children one of your children probably doesn't talk about school when that kid comes home i certainly have one kid that talks about school all the time and one that doesn't so maybe this is one of the kids that doesn't. So I could see it happening rationally. And I bet you this is happening in Minnesota, mildly. Yeah. You know that there's probably somewhere in the state some teacher convincing kids they might be a different gender. I, I'll bet you it's happening. Yeah, well, then I'm reading about it that a lot of the school districts and the teachers are telling the kids, don't tell your parents about this. Yeah. So I wonder, I, I watched the story on, on the news this morning about this, and the daughter spoke up. She was 11 at the time. I think she's 13 now. And they asked, well, what was the origin? And she said, well, she just, you know, wasn't feeling good. She went to talk to the school counselor and the counselor planted that seed. Well, maybe you're a boy. No. <laughs> How way. you jump to that? Like, you know, people have mental health issues and people can fall into depression or what. People have problems, right? But right. to jump from, well, maybe it's just change your gender. I don't understand that leap. Like, there's got to be stages that you would think would take place before you realize you have in gender a rational society yes more yeah, yeah it's mental illness i almost wonder if it's like the numbers you know this is a badge of honor for that guidance counselor whoever the hell is saying that right uh, yeah. look i got a, i helped out a young confused child through their gender affirming yeah and i think in some cases like you see in hollywood um who was it like Char charlie's theron is that her name? Yeah. Doesn't she have like two or three kids that are transgender? I think so. Yeah. Like it just yeah. seems like it's a fad. Like it's the new <laughs> it's Chanel bag. So, uh, like look at how, you know, fancy I am. I've got this accessory. I have a, a boy that absolutely. pretends to be a girl. Absolutely. I've got an ex-friend. Um, <laughs> an ex-friend? Pandemic this, this friend, I was just going to say, does this friend become an ex-friend in 2021? Guy, you know, I've known for, you know, 40, <laughs> more than 40 years. Um, I feel bad for him, but, you know, it, both kids um, are, diff you know, tr not transitioned, but um, identify as not the gender. Both. Th both. And they're not like And they're like, twin. you know, I'm not going to give away anything here, but, you know, teen, preteen. And parents are, like, proud, you know, oh. unique children. And it's, like, it's sad, it's man. It's sad. It's sad. It's like sick. It's, it's literally a cult, right? That's yeah, no well, other way to look at it. It's yeah, and it's like this propagandized, this this hammering home of brainwashing over the... But, it, you know, it's really new. I mean, five years ago, was this happening? Mm -hmm. You know, this is like... I mean, we've been blasted with this transgender movement and this COVID stuff. I mean, the world is... It's bizarro. 
Face Minnesota says, I love how they say the brain isn't fully mature until 25 years old, but it's okay for kids to change their gender. Yep. Yep. No, you bigot, Face Minnesota. Affirm their gender. What are you doing? They can't change their gender. They're just affirming their gender because yeah. that's what they are. Don't you know? They are really yeah, what they feel inside. Yeah, you can't get a inside. tattoo, can't buy a pack of cigarettes until <laughs> you're 21 now, but you can go out and get your nuts cut off. That's yeah, what. insane. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, un- yeah, unbelievable. Uh, I want to go to this story here. Um, <laughs> this is fake news. WCCO reporting live from the fair. Esme Murphy. I can't believe Esme Murphy's still in journalism. Like, <laughs> journalism. <laughs> yeah, come on. I know. She's like, well, gosh. Like, She's sometimes I make it leader. easy to just just joke about clown the the corporate media but anyhow uh she's reporting on the state fair the dynamics the politics at the state fair pull this article up there dawson at cbs.com for those people not from minnesota we call wcco is uh the cbs affiliate i did not know that what's that i did not know that you didn't know that well why would you know that you're 20 some years old like like wcco is like a mainstay of older generations we don't even really consume their stuff anymore Talking points, politics on a stick at the Minnesota State Fair. You go on and you could you could go check this article out yourself and the video corresponding with it. But they, it's really basically about the voice voices at the fair on politics. When you go to these political booths, you'll find it's all about the 2024 and possible rematch of the 2020 former President Trump and Joe Biden. It's all about Biden and Trump. Guess what they do? They literally... Only go to the GOP booth and the Democrat booth. Now, what's really funny about the State Fair, we're on Underwood Street right in front of the Anchor House Cafe. Or, sorry, Anchor Coffee. Anchor Anchor House Coffee? Anchor Coffee. <clears throat> Isn't it Black Anchor? No. No. Anchor They're good people. Anchor Coffee something. I'll look it up. Yeah. Sorry. Well, they're going to get more mentions here. Anchor Coffee something, right? Uh, Farm Bureau, too, right there. You literally can't go between the two booths unless you go a really obscure route without going right in front of our dumb Biden booth. Like WCCO just gives us a clear path. And this is what the corporate media does is they have their talking points and you got to fit in here on the left and you got to fit on here on the right. And that's the whole conversation. They want to just sanitize it. So it's only that. I'm like, you write a whole article. At least Alpha News wrote an article about us and Star Tribune even mentioned our our booth, but CBS, it's like it doesn't exist. The whole article about Biden versus Trump, and there's literally a booth called Dump Biden, but we didn't happen to find this thing when we were at the state fair, even though we walked right by it because it's literally between the DFL and the Republican booth. It's called it's called the the Anchor Coffee House. Anchor Coffee House. I just had them in the wrong order. Great people. A lot of actually a lot of good vendors over at the state fair. People are a little worried. They're like is it really left-leaning at the state fair? It's really not. It's probably more right-leaning because of the big ag, you know? I don't know if you know this, but Democrats really have abandoned agricultural Minnesota, so it leans a little bit more left. One other thing I got to bring up here, no, two other things, but let's do this. Mitch McConnell, if you oh, guys haven't gosh. seen this. Mitch McConnell had another freezing moment. Let's play this video. This is so bizarre. At least his handlers are prepared for it. But this is just disgusting. Like, what are we doing here? This is the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. Running for re-election in 2026. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. 
I mean, they're prepared. They're ready for it. It's called a TIA, transient ischemic attack. It's a mini stroke. Okay. Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. Now listen, he's a scummy Washington insider politician. I'm not having a fun moment watching this guy's clear struggles, health problems. The bigger question is, what the hell are we doing? Where are the Senate Republicans going? Hey, maybe we shouldn't have this guy as the leader anymore. Like, Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's sad seeing that. And I'm no Mitch McConnell fan. I've never been a Mitch McConnell fan, um, but I just think that's sad. And the same thing with Biden and Dianne Feinstein, I think is her name. And you see Republicans calling for Senator Feinstein to just retire. But Even Pelosi. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, nobody enjoys watching an elderly person struggle like that. I mean... That's unbelievable. Uh, I just noticed we did not get a rumble rant today. Is this the curse of Mark Vyshovsky? Somebody rumble rant. Yeah, I got to get going here soon, but I do want to. Somebody rumble rant. Damn it. If you rumble we rant and we like find out your street. name, I'll give you two free tickets to the Siri oh. event. Oh. So, yeah, please, I do want to just say one more time, yep. please come and see me and Aaron and a bunch of good people you know fellowship and education empowerment on september 10th at the mermaid uh, doors at two o'clock you can get your tickets at tempotickets.com slash aaron siri and um yeah please come and see us on september 10th and september is that a saturday it's a sunday oh it's a sunday okay gotcha. and uh, thanks to jake and, and the crew here at, at the truth hurts and a4l for allowing siri to come on and to promote this event and um we collaborate you know to bring liberty to everyone and did you get aaron siri am i not remembering this right on your show the truth expedition no my okay. next guest is going to be james corbett what was your what was your, wait james corbett the ufo guy no james corbett we had this conversation before oh we did have this conversation. if if anyone does uh, there's two things there's two <laughs> things you should do to to um inform yourself watch the truth hurts go to corbettreport.com and you that's all the information you need corp james corbett is the best alternative journalism resource there is in the world. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple other. It's good a ones. score. It's going to be there's by far my ones, best though. show. I mean, but I'm I, so looking forward to. Talking I'm so to this honored guy. you would put us in the conversation, though. I got to admit that was very that was. Very I good. love the Truth Hurts, man. I watch it all the time. Do you? I do. I, I love it. We get a lot of people coming to us the booth saying, "Love the show, watching all the time." Uh, here's a comment I got yesterday: Mega Jesse's even cuter in person. So there you go, ladies. <laughs> Come by the booth. Apparently, Mega Jesse's cuter in person. Okay, now I don't, I don't know this stuff. I don't look at this way. Oh, look, Tucker, keeping the streak alive for Mark. Five dollar Rumble rant. There you Thank go. Thank you, Tucker. You saved the day. You saved the day. <laughs> I appreciate I it. I was really, I was thinking. You the get now, Tucker. Shasky. Now, I, I, to my word, you come. <laughs> do we know his name? Yeah. If you come to the event, just come to the table. Talk to me. Two free tickets for you. There you go. If you want to come, it's going to be a great event. I mean, it really is. I mean, you you saw a little synopsis here, but. Um, you're going to be able to ask him questions, and he, he might help get someone out of an exemption or something. You mean, I mean, this guy is—he's a hero. Yeah, I honestly, that guy—that was cool. I'm glad I met that was him. awesome. Yeah. yeah, very awesome. And once again, should have known this guy a long time before that. I don't know how many questions you got as a state rep. Tons but. and tons of people trying to get exemptions for masks for vaccines, and I thought I cut one to some local attorneys that I heard were taking cases, but I couldn't vouch for how good they were. But mm -hmm. clearly that guy's awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. We'll be back. Uh, let's see here. 
Tuesday. Oh, I got to think this one through. State Fair ends on Monday. Yep. Yeah, we're going to have to be back. Too. I was going to give everyone the day off. You can't do that. Oh, the show must off. go on. They're working their butts off, but the show must go on. Well, um, Maybe yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to do things on do, Wednesday, do you wanna, too. Do you want to do it on Wednesday? Or William's the one that says we should do an evening show, and I go, the only evening we could do is Wednesday. So You probably get more live views, but yeah. probably not any overall. Well, most of our views are after the fact. It's good to have live views. Then you get like More the rumble rants and yeah. the interaction. You know, Base Minnesota asking the great question. I was fun. I was laughing when you guys were thinking alike on that question too. I was like, exactly. Um, we'll be back for sure Tuesday, one o'clock, right here. Rumble, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're watching. This will probably be off of YouTube. I think they're censoring again. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned to Rumble. There you go. Thank you for watching.